Well, good morning. Good to see everybody here today. Uh, welcome to those who are joining us online. One quick announcement before we get started. Uh, so you might have seen it on our social media or you might have seen it um, on one of our posters out there, but Discover Life uh, is coming up this Thursday. So explain to you a little bit about what is Discover Life and why is it important and should you go. So Discover Life is if you're exploring whether or not Life Church uh, should be the place that you want to stay or that you want to continue to be involved in, the great thing about Discover Life is, is that you can come and not only get to know new people, because that's one of the challenges with the church, uh, the size that it is, and that it's two services, right? So you might always come to the second service, and you have no idea that there are these people out there, and they come to the first service. So it's a chance to get to know people. It's a chance to hear the story of Life Church, which is, this is what we've always said when it comes to story. Story shapes essentially who you are and the things that you do. So part of what you see right now here at Life Church was shaped by the story in which we came from, which is kind of crazy. This October 31st is going to be 18 years, like since we planted life. So it's crazy how it's went. But we look back upon those 18 years and we see the things that God has done and the things that God has spoken to us, and it's really shaped who we are today. So it's important to hear the story so that you can have an idea or make sense out of why do we do what we do uh, today. Then also, then this is in the second week. The second week is if you have any, you know, if you came from a church background and you're wondering how it all works, so what's our statement of faith, how do the elders fit in, how do people get hired, um, all of that stuff, if you come to the second week, then it also allows you to understand that. So if you want to do that, you can sign up on our app. You can sign up by taking a connecting card and putting it in the box, and Jennifer will get a hold of you. If you need Jennifer's email, you can uh, email Jennifer Eller. Um, if you have it, if you need it, just see one of us, and we'll give it to you. But you can get signed up this week through one of those. Did I miss anything? Yeah, the first service I had to ask her because I forgot that it was actually this Thursday. So don't miss out. Make sure you sign up. We'd love you to be a part of that. All right, so we're in this series called Amplified. So let me go back and give you a little bit of a brief summary. Um, if you're joining us for the first time online or maybe you're joining us for the first time here uh, at Life Church. So here's what we know. We live in a world, um, especially I think in, the, in 20 and 21, where a lot of people... Um, have loud voices. A lot of people run in their yapper. Do you know what I mean? Like people have not been afraid to say what they think. People haven't been afraid to put out there what they think. And so we've heard a lot of loud voices and they tend to get louder when people disagree. You know what I mean? So there seems to be a lot of that going on. So the idea is there's these voices that are amplified. And here's one of the things that we know. Usually the voice that is the most amplified in your life has an effect on the decisions that you make, right? So whatever voice is the loudest in your life tends to affect then the decisions that you make. So in that, we're like, okay, we need to look at the voices, the amplified voices that are not the voices that should be amplified. You know what I mean? Like you're always going to have voices. I mean, we live in a world today where you're always going to have voices, but we got to figure out you're the caretaker or the keeper of those things. We have to make a decision, which voices do we need to lower the volume with? And what voice do we need to amplify up, which is the other part of this series? Not only are we going to lower the decibel level of the voices that shouldn't be loud, but we're going to up the decibel level of the voice that matters the most, and that is God. And I think for most people, that's a struggle, right? Like it's not hard to hear somebody's voice on this earth, but I think if you ask most people, they would say, 
I don't know if I've ever heard the voice of God. Like, I don't know if God's ever talked to me. And so we're saying we're going to teach that in each one of these uh, messages that we give in Amplified. We're hoping to give you some tools to be able to hear better from God what he has to say about you. Now, here's what this week is. So this week is all on opinion. Okay, now, what hasn't changed is everybody's full of an opinion, right? So years ago, it's not like people didn't have an opinion, but you had a small group of voices around you that that's all that you heard, and you could pretty much decide who was an idiot and get rid of them, right? Like, you had this small circle, and if somebody was an idiot and you didn't want to hear their opinion, you're just like, you're out, you know, I'm not talking to you. Now we live in a world where you get to listen to a bunch of idiots every day, right? Like you're on social media. And again, I'm not, this isn't about whether you shouldn't be, shouldn't be on social media. I mean, I think there's a lot of good and bad things about social media. But on social media, people don't have a problem sharing their opinion, which I think is kind of hilarious because I never post anything. But it's so funny to sit in the background and when somebody gives your opinion, because this is the other thing that's changed, like it used to be everybody could have an opinion. Now you're not even allowed to have an opinion unless somebody could come through and choke you, right? Like you had an opinion and that person all of a sudden's like, you can't have an opinion. If I could come through the screen right now, I want to slap you silly or more than that. You know, it kind of gets worse because now we live in a world where opinions, you know, there's lots of them, but now you can't even have one that if it disagrees with somebody else's opinion and it turns into this big fight and people go down these roads and, 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 and we go in the wrong direction. So here's what we're going to talk about in, when it comes to opinion. So the idea, and we need to separate this. So the idea that you will garner wisdom from people, because that is a part of your life, right? So a part of your life is to surround yourself with people that you can garner wisdom from that can help you make life decisions. So that's usually somebody's opinion, right? So if somebody sits with you, they're going to give you an opinion. They're going to tell you, like, this is how I think you should do life. And at the end of the day, I'm going to help you make better decisions. So we should be. Like, there should be a part of that. But here's the thing that you're going to have to be careful with. Whether it's somebody that's in your close circle, whether you haven't figured out where your close circle is, there is no opinion greater than the opinion of God. And you will, at times, have Christian people with the best intentions lead you away from where God wants you to be. I mean, I'm just, I'm telling you, it's the way that it works. So we're going to teach you, it, you do need to have wise counsel. You do need to sit with people. You do need to be in circles of people that can help you make better decisions, but you better be in tune to God because just because they are good intending people doesn't mean that's what God has for you. So the opinion that will always matter is the voice of God. Now, you know why that's so hard though? So this is the other thing that's happened in the world, and, and we're going to watch this video, which I think brings some of this to light. People can look at the same thing, and it seems really obvious to me. Have you ever done this? Like, you ever been on social media, and you see this thing, and you're like, oh, yeah, I see this very clearly. And then somebody says something like, are you a nut job? Like, did you read the same thing I read? Because there's no way you could have had that opinion on that thing. Anybody else do that? Like, you read it, and you're like, it's so black and white. Are you... Did you read something else? Do you know what's going on? And here's what we find, or here's what we know. Most people's opinions are usually shaped by something, 
right? So whatever their opinion is, has usually been shaped by something. And although we can look at it and say, well, this makes complete sense. Somebody else looks at it and says it's something completely different. And it's the view in which we get it. And we're going to talk through how to work through that. So watch this video, I think highlights some of those things. This is a red balloon. It's true, it's red, we all know our colors. The absolute truth is that this balloon is red. No, it's not, that's green. What? This right here is a green balloon. That is the prettiest yellow balloon. <laughs> yellow? Th this is red. Yeah, come over here. No, it's green. It's red! Yeah, I know, it's a red balloon. <laughs> hey, will you look at it from my point of view, please? What? Hey, nice blue balloon. Blue. It's green! Green? It's red. What? Why are you saying it's red when it's blue, huh? It's totally purple from here! Purple? Okay, you know what? Let's just settle this once and for all, okay? Where are you going? Hey, what color is this balloon? I only see in black and white. Okay. Hey, Mark, what color... There is no balloon. This is ridiculous! Hey, I know what the problem is. Look, uh, my mom taught me that this was blue. But, um, you know, then she said this is red and green, yellow, you know, and on and on. <laughs> okay, I get that your mom taught you that that was blue, but, I mean, that's not the truth. Whoa, why are you talking bad about his mom? Yeah. I'm not. Listen, I respect your mother. Thank you. And the way she raised you. She taught you that was blue. Our moms taught us that it was red. Right. That's the way it goes. I thought you oh. said it was green. It is green. See, I'm smart. I went to college. And in college, I learned all these different <laughs> theories about color. Really? And my color professors who have doctorates in color... Do you have a doctorate in color? Uh, no. It shows. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> they can't even agree on one theory of color, so you have to look at all the different theories and pick which one works best for you. And green is great for me. That makes sense. Thank you. No, you can't just pick whatever color fits your life the best. Red is red. Okay, do you know the word intolerant? Yeah. Because that's what you're being right now. <laughs> all right, you're shoving your opinion down my throat. Okay, it's not my opinion, it's the truth. <laughs> hold on, hold on. All we're saying is that we need to stop arguing about trivial things like truth you know the funny thing about truth is it's true whether you believe it or not now that seems a little bit crazy but that's so true right like why are we going to spend so much time arguing about trivial things like truth but we there's a lot of other things that we have in our opinions on that, that people share with. And when I watch that, I'm like, when you sit in the background and you see some of the things that come across social media or you sit in the background and listen to people talk, I'm like, that's exactly what it looks like. That balloon is red, but those two people are like crazy. Do you know what I mean? And I have no idea how they, they came up with these two things. At the end of the day, I wanted to make sure that we watch that because here's what we have to come back to. In this, we're going to do two things. So here's what we're going to try to get done today. The first one is you're going to need to guard your heart, right? So I'm hoping today that you're going to recognize that you're going to, if, if you're not going to let opinions shape you because that's when it becomes the problem, everybody can have an opinion until that opinion shapes your decision, right? So everybody can have an opinion, but if the opinion shapes your decision and moves you in a direction that you're not supposed to go in, that's a problem, right? And so we're going to say everybody's going to have an opinion, but you're going to have to figure out how to guard your heart because if you don't, there are going to be opinions that are going to come in that are going to shape your decisions and it's not going to be good. So we're going to look at that. The other thing we're going to do is we're going to garner or store up the truth. What does God really say about you, right? Because, and I don't know if this is you, but I think it's a lot of people. 
I think people have forgot what God has truly said about them. This is who you are. And the reason that you forgot about it is because the world's been telling you who you are forever. Right? The world's been giving you opinion forever. The world's been saying, this is who you are, and this is who you be, and this is how you're going to turn out, and all of those things. And so you've forgotten to go to the source, to the one who created you, who knows you, which here's the deal. Regardless of anything that happens in the world, that's the truth. Right? And you're, gonna, you're going to have to go back to that as you're filtering through the opinions of the world. And if you have that truth as foundational, this is what's so cool. If you have the truth that's foundational inside of you of who God says that you are, then it's easy to tell somebody else to just back off. I don't need to hear this from you. Right? It's easier to sort out wisdom that can be helpful and wisdom that is not helpful. Right? Because I know who I am. I know who God said that I am. And anything that you're saying that contradicts who God says that I am, I don't want to hear it. Right? I don't want to hear the things that contradict who God says that I am. And so we have to know those truths. So if you have a Bible, turn to Proverbs. That's where we're going to spend some time today. So in Proverbs, we're going to look at verses four, or Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 27. In this, we're going to look at a couple different things. And, but the main point of it is, how do we make sure that we guard our heart? Like, how do we get to this place where we understand that it's really important for us to be able to do that? But here's how he starts, which I think is vitally important. So Proverbs 4, starting in verse 20, he said, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Now, don't, so when you're looking at your Bible, you're looking up at the screen, it says that you need to turn your ears towards him. Why would you need to turn your ears? So you don't hear other voices because most of us are listening to something else and you're not listening to God. That's why he's saying, hey, can I have your attention, please? Like the one who created you wants to talk to you and you're over here and your ears are tuned in to people who didn't. Because here's what we know about the world today. Your attention is a high commodity in the market today, right? So your attention, if I can get your attention, here's what they know. If I get your attention, I can help you form an opinion. And if I help you form an opinion, then that opinion will lead to life decisions that will make you go down the road of what I want you to do. But it starts with getting your attention and knowing the right time to get your attention. You know how this works, right? So I had been off social media for a really long time. Now I'm back on social media and it's interesting how this works. You could be sitting around talking about something, and then the next thing you know, you pull up your Facebook, and guess what's in your feed? What you're talking about? Like, I'm like, this is crazy, you know, but you're talking about something, and the next thing you know, you go through there, and as you're going through there, it's like, guess what? They're thinking about it. What better time to get their attention? And if I get their attention while they're thinking about it, I can form an opinion of what I want them to think about that certain subject. And if I can form their opinion, I can get them to do this. Right? Does that happen to anybody else, or is it just my phone? This happens, right? I'm not crazy? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, no, that is true. Me being crazy is debatable. But, yeah, the whole idea of, like, your attention is a commodity, and so the world's doing everything they can to get your attention. So here's what you need to think about. And I, and I think you should ask yourself this question 
even in this coming week. So we would know attention is a commodity. The writer of Proverbs says, turn your ear towards me because I need your attention. And so both of them are asking to have input in your life, right? So, you know, the world and God saying, like, I need your attention. And the reason I want your attention is because I want to give you some input. If you would look at your time and, and your inputs, which one do you think has greater influence on you right now? Which one has the greater input? Like if you looked at your life this week and you said, I'm going to look at all of the inputs that I've taken in, you know, whether it be through social media, whether it be through the words of somebody else, whether it be through, you know, a coach or whether it be through anybody, right? So these are some inputs and then the inputs from God. If you put those on a scale, how do you think that they would weigh out? Because I'm guessing for most people, we have way more worldly inputs than we do God inputs. Because right? I think we talked about this. It's kind of hard because to get input from God, you have to be disciplined. It doesn't just happen, right? Like to do it, so you don't have to be disciplined to scroll through your social media and somebody give you your opinion, right? Like that just happens naturally. It's not that hard to watch the news and somebody gives their opinion. Like you're just going to see it all the time. For you to hear from God, remember when we talked about this a long time ago in growing up prayers, you're going to need to get alone and you're going to need to listen. And I'm not really sure that a lot of us are prepared to listen. You know, I don't know, a lot of us have, have figured out how to be quiet long enough to take the other voices out to say, I want to focus on the voice of God. I want to hear what he has to say. So in the beginning, before he gets to guard your heart, he says, I'm just going to have to figure out how to get your attention because right now there is a battle for your attention right? And there is a battle for the inputs in your life, and you're going to have to figure that out. Knowing that there is a battle, what should you do? And that's what he goes on and says. So he goes on in verse 21 and says, uh, don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to the one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left, but keep your foot from evil. Now, before we get to the whole guard your heart part, like th- I want you to think about this sec- when, second. When you read scripture, you know what's really interesting about scripture is God said that I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be your shelter. I'm going to be your fortress. I'm going to be the place where you can come, right? Like he's going to protect you, right? Like you see that throughout all of scripture. But then he says, but you need to protect your heart. Don't you think that's interesting? Like he says, I will protect you. I will be your shelter. But you have a peace in all of this. You know what your peace is? You better guard your heart. I'm going to be your overall protector, but on your day-to-day life, you're the one who's after going to garner or, or you're going to have to be the one that's going to have to make sure the inputs that go into your heart are, are what they should be. And you know why he says this? Because here's what he knows about the heart. When you think about squeezing something, what happens when you squeeze something? Whatever is inside comes out, right? So every time you squeeze something, whatever's on the inside comes out. Well, it's no different with your heart. When your heart is squeezed, whatever inputs that you have allowed in and are on the inside of your heart, when squeezed, are going to come out. That's why you ever hear people say, well, their true self came out. You know what I mean? Like you're with somebody for a long time and you're like, wow, they were pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, like, 
you know, this whole different side came out. I'm like, no, all that happened is, is they had pressure were put on them and they were always the same. Their true self was just being hidden because their heart hadn't been squeezed yet. Squeeze their heart and you will know what's on the inside. So it's not about true self or, or not true self. It's just this reality that you can be a faker for a while, right? Like you can fake it for a while, but as soon as that heart gets squeezed, ain't nobody. Everybody's seeing you and your true colors. That's why I always tell people like, when you're trying to figure out relationships or when you're around people or you're trying to figure out who should be the inputs in your life, like you need to figure out those people that when you're around them and their heart is squeezed and then they're just like, and stuff just spews out of them. They're like, I don't know, that's not the normal me. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I would have said that revealed what you've been hiding to a certain extent. So don't put those things to the backside. So again, he says, be able to guard your heart Know that, again, at the end of the day, the reason to guard it is because of whatever gets squeezed is going to come out. Then in Matthew, so this is going to be in Matthew 16, we're going to look at, here are some real practical ways of how to guard your heart. Because we know that he says you should, and we know that the reason is because your heart is the wellspring of life. Jesus gives us some real practical things in Matthew 16 that would say, like, here's how you should do it. So Matthew 16, starting in verse 13. So if you have it, you can turn to it. If you know, it'll be up on the screen. But Jesus is talking to his disciples. Listen to what he says. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people, uh, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they, some, and they replied, some say John the Baptist, others said Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, verse 15. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? A little lesson that we can learn from that first part of scripture. Who did Jesus ask? So he's, he has this question and he's like, who do people say that I am? You know, he's trying to get a view or an opinion, right? And so when he's getting a view or an opinion, who did he ask? Disciples, the people who were closest to him. That's why you know, one of the funniest things about social media, when people put it out there and like, what's your opinion on this? And then they're mad when people give it back. I'm like, because why are you asking them? They're idiots, right? Like, why would you ask this big group of people that you shouldn't be asking? Like, there's a certain group of people that you should trust and you should ask. But when you put that big thing out there on social media and like, what do you think? And people come back and be like, this is what you think. And then it starts this whole war. I'm like, yeah, I know, because you just asked too many people or the wrong people. So Jesus modeled, if you're going to uh, seek after an opinion, seek after people you trust, right? Like that was really important. Like if you want an opinion, go to the people that you can trust and go to the people that you know that can be honest with you. Some, for some of you, that circle might be bigger than others, you know? For some of us, that circle might be really small. But either way, when he says seek it, seek it from the people that you can trust. Then he goes on and he says, Simon Peter, uh, so he says, but what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. 
I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I want you to see a couple things in this, because I think this is vitally important when you look at yourself and you understand the opinion of yourself, but it's also vitally important when you give your opinion to somebody else, okay? Notice that in the beginning of the scripture, when Jesus addressed him, he's called Simon, right? Did you see that? In the beginning. So he says, Simon, son of Jonah, you know, so he addresses him in a certain way. But then he gets to after after Simon's answer, he then calls him Peter. Right? Here's what's so significant about this. When Jesus spoke into the life of Peter, he saw not who he was, but who he was going to become. Does that make sense? So when he looked at it, here's what he knew because he's, because he's Jesus. He knew coming up, Peter was going to deny him, right? He knew coming up that he was going to be the one that the Jerusalem council had to talk to because when they started the first church, Peter struggled with law and grace, right? And Paul was going to have to come back and they were going to have to have this huge Jerusalem council because Peter struggled with it. But the great thing about our Lord and Savior is he doesn't see us for who we are, but who you can become, right? And that's so important in our own lives when we get stuck in like, here's where I am and I don't know. And he's saying, I get it, but let me tell you who you are, right? And who you will become in the future. Now, that's for you individually. Now, I want you to think about this. Parents that have children, I want you to especially think about this. One of your greatest gifts that you can ever do for your kids is not see them for who they are today, but who God wants them for in the future or how he sees them in the future. Because one of our greatest struggles is to look at our children and be like, oh my. (laughs) Right? Like, here's who you are today and here's all these things that are going on today. But the greatest gift that we can ever give them is not spend so much time saying this is who you are, but this is who I see God seeing you to be in the future. Because that gives people hope, right? That gives our children hope that we get through this and there's something on the other end. Or the same thing, like if you're ever mentoring somebody or you're meeting with somebody, you're talking with somebody, be careful that when you're giving your opinion of them, that you're giving it through a lens of how you see them for today and not how God sees them for today in the future. Because that can become a real problem. Anybody ever been there where somebody gives you their opinion and they're viewing you for where you are today and they're not seeing you for the way that God, first of all, sees you and not seeing you in a way that God wants to make you and to become. So he gives us this very clear principle that would say, in Peter's life, he looked at him and he said, Simon, son of Jonah, you are Peter, the rock in which I'm going to build my church in the future. This is what you are going to become. So in those moments of failure, be reminded you are Peter and not Simon. For us in our lives, in our midst of failure, or we get distracted or other people's opinions start to get us off track, we need to remember we are Peter what he sees us to be, not Simon, in which the world wants to keep us in because the world wants to keep reminding you that you're Simon. The world wants to keep reminding you of what you can't do and God wants to say, but this is who you are and this is what I want you to know. Then he goes on in verse 20 and he says, then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah 
From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now think about this. Just before this, Jesus is revealing into Peter what he can become, right? Pretty high moment, right? Then Jesus comes and says, hey, guess what? This is what's going to happen in the future. Peter, who is on pretty much of a high, comes over and says, hey, but Jesus, this isn't going to be the way that it's going to happen. This isn't going to be the way that it's going to be. Rebukes him for what he says, pulls him off to the side and tells him this isn't right. And Jesus looks at the man who he just called Peter and now calls him Satan. Right? Like that's pretty, a pretty big contrast. And you know why this is important? Because here's what I want you to hear. You are going to have Christian, well-meaning people in your life that can become Satan when they give you your opinion. If you haven't had it yet, just wait. I mean, it's coming at some point. And here's why. Most people give their opinion from a human, worldly perspective and not a perspective of God. So did it make sense that the Messiah would go to Jerusalem and be crucified in a human standard? No, absolutely not. That didn't make any sense. In fact, when I'm thinking about this, this is how it was for me. So when we came over to get ready to plant Life Church, I've told you, I'll give you the short version of the story in case you've never heard it before. But when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I felt like I was called right away to go into ministry. The reason I didn't go into ministry is because I looked at pastors and I saw three things about pastors I never wanted to be. Their kids were crazy, they were poor, and they fell into sexual sin, and I don't want any of those, right? Like, I don't want any of those three things. So I asked God, can I do part-time ministry and still kind of fulfill my calling without having to go down that road. So I became a part-time youth minister. Things were going great, but you always had this, if you've ever had this calling or desire in your life, it's this godly discontent that never goes away. Like God keeps reminding you, hey, do you remember? Hey, do you remember? Hey, do you remember? Like it kept coming back. And so inside of that, we finally got to the place as a family where we've decided, you know what, we're, we're finally going to give in. We're going to go and we're going to plant a church. And I remember this vividly, and I've told the story before, is, is that in the worldly perspective of what we were doing, it was not a very good idea. And I was reminded that a lot by people. So one of the people was Mark Zerker. And so if any of you guys know anything about Zerker Tire, I mean, they're very godly people, right? I mean, follow the Lord, very involved, highly involved in church. And so I told him the decision, like, hey, Mark, you know, I'm going to walk away from the job that I have. I'm, you know, I kind of told him the story. I'm going to go over plant a church in a community where I know nobody, and I'm not really going to get paid, but I think it's all going to work, you know. And so here's Mark, and he listens to me, and I leave, and I told him, like, this is what I'm going to be doing, and I'll get back with you on some time. And Mark calls me back in the next day, and he says, like, Mike, just want you to hear me when I tell you this. Like, you can't have your job back. To con- so you see what's going through his mind? 
Like you're going to go over there and it's never going to work and then you're going to want to come back to where everything's secure. A Christian person saying, like, listen, I probably wouldn't do it because it's probably too big of a step. Well-meaning, right? Well-meaning. But at the end of the day, get behind me, Satan. This is what he called me to do. Right? And I don't even mean that in a bad way, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like you're going to have to say to some of these people who are well-meaning when it comes to where they're at in their faith and saying, but I'm hearing from God and the word of God will always trump the word of man. Right? And so the same concept is I'm over there, I'm a, I'm a mechanic and I'm a part-time youth pastor and I'm like, when I'm working through this process, I'm like, I really want to plant a church. And then I have these people like, well, you know, you're probably never going to plan a church because, you know, you don't have a degree, you know, but you could if you go back and get that degree and like go back and finish your, you know, college education and then go get one of those, uh, I should have asked in the first, divinity degrees or whatever they're called, you know, whatever the other thing is after you go to the four years, like you get all of those things and you get it together. And I'm like, did you see my grades in high school? So like that whole thing, like thanks for reminding me this is never going to happen, right? Thanks for reminding me from a world's perspective why a mechanic from Monroe who doesn't have experience in planning a church or preaching or leading people inside of a church can't do it. Thanks for the reminder, but I always had to come back and say, like I hear what you're saying, but at the end of the day, the word of God is always going to trump the word of man. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. Right, And we have to, like this is so important for you individually. You are and should have people in your life that are going to speak wisdom into you. But you have to get to the point where the wisdom of man, regardless of how much it makes sense in the human, human realm, does not trump what God has to say to you. Because I'm telling you right now, there are way too many people in this world that because of the opinions of man have come to the place where they can't be used by God because the opinion of man has said you can't and you won't and you're unable and you're not going to be able to do. When God's sitting there saying, like, will you listen to me? Like, I have something to say to you. I see who you are and I see what your future is going to bring. Like, you should probably listen to me. So that's guard your heart, right? That's the first part of it. So guard your heart. Look at your intakes. Bring in the intakes that you need to bring in. But at the end of the day, remember that the intake that most... The, mo- the intake that is the m- most important in your life is the opinion of God and not man. We good with that? Here's the second thing, the second part. You're going to have to store up some things inside of your heart because believe me, this attack on who you are never stops, regardless of where you are in your faith. That attack never stops. So as the band comes back up, I'm going to give you seven things These seven things are going to be things that you can write down. I would encourage you to write them down. I would encourage you to, if you don't write them down, to get with somebody who did write them down. Um, But these are things that I think on a regular basis, it's not even just today. These are things that you need to remind yourself of every day. Because remember, the world is reminding you every day of what they want you to be. Right? The, the world is giving you input every single day. And to think that you can just wait for Sunday or wait for when you do actually have quiet time or wait for somebody else to, to tell you these things, the world's not waiting to have input. The world's not waiting to tell you who they want you to be. So the question for all of us is, is this needs to be a daily practice where you store up in your heart 
who you are in Christ and who you are in the Lord. So this is the first one. I am worth Jesus to God. Have you ever thought about that? I am worth, because you know what one of the greatest struggles for people are is, am I really worthy? I mean, do I really, you know, the grace of Jesus Christ is hard to capture. You know what I mean? Like the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ that he is willing, right, to send his one and only son. You're worth it regardless of what you've done in the past and regardless of what you think other people have done, you and those people are worth Jesus. So for you individually, you should look at this and say, the world can say that I'm not worthy, but God says that I am. He sent his son uh, for those purposes. And when you look at the lives of other people, don't forget this. They're worthy too. I don't care what your view of them is. I don't care what you think their actions are. I don't care what you, where you think that they are inside of their walk. I don't, that doesn't matter. They too, like you, are worthy that God would send his one and only son. Here's the next one. No harm has been done to me that can't be overcome by the love that God has for me. Listen, if you've experienced life for a while, you might not have experienced this yet, but as you continue to experience life, there are going to be some great harm that comes. From other people, possibly. From people that don't mean it as that way, but it just comes in and, and you're at this place where that harm has overtaken who you are, right? And he's just saying, there's, there's nothing that's been done to you that the love of Jesus Christ can't overcome right? And that the love of Jesus Christ and the love of God will overcome those things. First, the next one in number three, there is no sin on my record. There is sin on my record. By my record has been blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, this might be a personal message for you today. Join the club when you're sitting there saying, I'm a sinner. Join the club. So are we all. For each one of us individually, you better just internalize that. You are a sinner falling short of the glory of God. Thank goodness that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, your record has been blotted out, not based upon anything that you have done, but based upon what Jesus has done for you. Take hope in that you are saved by his grace. And the same thing is this. If you're looking at other people right now and you're struggling to see them as a child of God because of their sin, you need to change your view. There is no more condemnation in the Lord. If condemnation, if you're looking at somebody for the purpose of giving an opinion to condemn them for the sins in their life, that doesn't come from the Lord. That's not who he is. The Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ says, join the club. They, like you, have the same record, blotted out by the same thing, the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace and mercy passed upon you should be passed upon to other people. Stop being that person. Stop being that one that puts that out there because that's not who you are, right? And that's not what he has for you. If God says that I can, I can don't let the world, because they will, when he calls you to something, 
because he's looking to call each person in this room and he calls you to something and the world gives you an opinion and they come in and they say, but you can't because if God says you can, you can. I get it. If you look at my life, you know what I love about Life Church? There's nobody that can look at this and say that it's not from God. Because if you look at me and you look at where I've come from and you look at all of those things that I just said, the impossibilities of what is here today cannot be explained away by man. No human effort could make this possible. It has to be by God and it has to be from this, from people, because it's not just me. There's plenty of people in this place that came to this. You know what? Against all odds, he said that I can and I will. Against all odds, I'm going to let him use me and the world can say that I'm useless, but God says I can be used. I'm going to be used. I'm going to reach my neighbor. I'm going to reach my friend. I'm going to go into my high school and I'm going to care about these kids. I'm going to do something, not because I'm prepared, because I'm filled by the Holy Spirit, prepared in a way that we can transform things, right? Like that is where he wants each one of us. And then he said, and the next one is number five, I'm on assignment from God. Listen, there's plenty of people that want to get you off track and give you an opinion and distract you away from what God has for you. But each one of you in this room has an assignment. The opinion that should matter and the thing that should keep coming back to you is don't get off assignment because of the opinion of other people, right? Don't let that sway away from what God wants you to do. The last one, number, or the number six is I'm not defined by my best or my worst. I am defined as a son or a daughter of God. You know what that does? So, you know, you get those high points where you're thinking I'm doing pretty good, you know, and you're pretty proud of yourself and you have these low points where you think you suck, you know, and you let both of them define you. You know what he says? Neither one of them should be fine. You don't get too proud and don't get too sad because you're defined not by what you've done, but you're defined because you are a daughter of God. You are a son of God, not defined by your highs and lows, but defined by the truth of scripture. Regardless of what those things are, you are defined by who you are in God. And here's the last one. God is greater than my circumstance. Now, (laughs) for some of you in this room today, that's a hard pill to swallow because the circumstance seems big. The things that are going on around you, the circumstances happen in life, you're sitting here thinking, like, I don't know, I'm being overwhelmed by the circumstance. And he's just reminding you, listen, whatever your circumstance is right now in your life, God is bigger. God is, and I get it, like when when we say, I can't believe, and I don't know, and he's just saying, let me remind you, I am the God of the universe. I know you personally, and I will help you overcome. We just have to remember that he is the God of the universe, and he's in charge, and we can rest in the fact that God is bigger than all of our circumstances. Will you stand so I can pray for you? So Heavenly Father, as we come together today, we know that it's difficult at times to sift through all of the voices and the opinions of the things that are happening in our lives. Lord, I pray today for us to silence those, move those off to the side, and Lord, will you clearly speak to each one of us? Lord, we will guard our heart, we will guard our intake, but what we need really today is for you to remind us who we are. Store up inside of us that we are sons and daughters of the King, regardless of what the world has said that we are, we are defined by that one thing. Let us be reminded of that. 
not just today, but as we continue to live our life, as the world attacks and has opinions, Lord, let inside of us be raised up the truth of who we really are. Lord, we love you. Today we pray. Amen. True. 
I just want to give you some takeaways, something that will help summarize this up because, you know, when we talked about like you need some opinion, but you need to filter out which opinion you should listen to and which not, I'll make it simple. If the opinion of man contradicts the opinion of God or the truth of God, don't listen to the opinion. So if there is an opinion of man right now that's saying something that contradicts that you are a daughter of the king or you're a son of the king, don't listen to it. Get it out and get it away. And for you, as you're saying, what opinion should I give to other people? If you're giving opinions in ways that contradict what the truth of scripture is, that they too are a son and daughter of the king, don't give your opinion. And I think for each one of us, if we'd use those things, I think things would change and, and our usefulness would be greater and we would be able to do the things that God has continued to call, to call us to do. So thanks again for being here with us this week. Thanks for joining us online. We'll see you guys next week.